Welcome back. Welcome back to Bass University Live, everybody. Uh, we um, we were talking about forward-facing sonar, um, talking about technology and uh, its impact on things. And we, we heard from Randy Blaukett, who was a strong proponent against it. Uh, we've got with us now a Bass University instructor, friend of the show, Bassmaster Elite Pro. Um, and, man, he's, he's all in on the forward-facing stuff. And it's Drew Benton. Benton, how are you, buddy? Pretty good, Pete. How are you? Man, we're, we're good. We're good. It was – did you get a chance to listen in on, on Randy's points? He, he made some, some pretty strong points. I didn't hear all of them. Um, I've actually uh, watched some of his videos, and I've watched some of, you know, the content everybody's kind of putting out. And just to kind of get a, a feel for, for everybody's stance on it. And, uh, you know, he, he does make some – some points um the i caught the tail end of the point he was making about uh you know doing our fisheries wrong and uh i can't see where you know and i'm just going off the smallmouth you know st Clair, ontario champlain i haven't never seen them better than you know this this past trip i mean we broke every record on the st lawrence river that we've ever set this year um i think we had more 20 pound bags at st Clair than we've ever had and we're you know six to ten years in in this technology and i haven't seen where it's negatively affected the fisheries for numbers and size and and things like that and i just haven't seen the facts that support that um so uh, if there are facts out there that support that, I'd like to see them. But I haven't personally, you know, fishing those those venues and, and those lakes seen a negative effect to the actual resource as a result. Well, it's interesting because I, I said that same thing. We actually had this. We, we dove in here just a little bit. And I said that, you know, they're breaking records. And, uh, of course, uh, Randy had, you know, said with the Gobi influx and, and the forward facing technology itself which allows you to, to catch catch those fish that maybe we weren't able to catch uh before all right i get that side of the point but but reality of it is that we're, we're catching 20 pound bags there's so many smallmouth in the fishery seems to be improving have you noticed uh thank you jake um the uh have you noticed in the southern like part of the country where you're from uh are have you seen any negative effects down there? Are the fisheries tougher? Are they more challenging? Are, are, are people complaining that it's more challenging now? You know, and, and I, I think that's kind of what makes me a fit for this argument is it's not really my number one game. You know, I'm from Florida. I fish shallow 90% uh, of the time. And whenever we need to use this tool, uh, I feel confident enough to use it. And what I can say by using it, um, and, and this doesn't really apply to your places like Florida. Yes, it was one at Okeechobee this year. Yes, it was one on Seminole um, in our elite events. But you take those two events, which I'll get into here in just a little bit, you take those two events away, and really, I mean, uh, St. T. Cooper was one throwing at Cypress Trees. So you take that one away you're only talking about your Northern events, it being a real dominating factor. I mean, Okeechobee, 
you know, a few weeks after we were there, there was how many bags over 30 pounds? And I don't think anybody had board facing sonar turned on when that, you know, phenomenon was going on. And that was just because they were there at the right time. And same with mm-hmm. Seminole. We had, you know, I'm from that area and I knew that pattern that was one on. Um, I actually showed it uh, before the lake went off limits. I had a, a friend that I'm I'm helping his son in high school fishing and he's really new to the sport. And I actually showed him that deal. I said, this is an easy way to catch 15 to 20 pounds and it's not going to go away. He had a tournament coming up in a week or two. And I tried to kind of show him how to do that. And so I knew that deal was going to, you know, be there. But on Seminole, that time of year, if we didn't have the perfect storm that happened, we had extremely warm weather. Those fish made a hard push to the bank. And then the Corps of Engineers dropped the water on them and they kind of got squirrely acting. And that's the reason why that event was won that way. It should not have been won that way. Um, you know, you, you hats off to Joey for thinking outside the box and kind of figuring that deal out. But you take those events away and the only ones really that, you know, were dominant were the Northern Swing events. And what I have seen, uh, I've been, you know, I've used the technology since it came out. And when it first came out, it was pretty easy as far as when you saw a fish, you could throw over there and catch him. But just like with everything that's come to market, every piece of technology, every bait, you know, lure, whatever, these fish adapt to it in a hurry. I remember my first event with the technology at St. Clair, uh, you know, my roommates and I, we bounced a lot of information off each other in practice. And Mullins came back after the first day of practice and said, I'm pretty sure all you got to do is troll around out there and, and look for them on, you know, forward facing sonar and you can catch them. Well, the second day of practice, I went out there and I would say probably 75 to 80% of the fish that I threw to that day bit. And I mean, it was, it was really fun, you know, cause I'd never done anything like it before. And as the event went on, you know, it, that was three days of practice and a four day event. I made day three by day three, I would say only 10% of the fish that I threw at bit. And that short what? amount of time, those small mouth adapted and felt the pressure and it's, it's crazy how nature can protect itself. And, and when you talk about, you know, we've got to protect the, the resource, I couldn't agree more, but it protects itself more than we give it credit for. And I won't say that, you know, it's made fisheries tougher, but fish in general have adapted to whatever we've thrown at them over the years. And forward-facing sonar is no exception to that. They just, they've kind of adapted to that. And when you go to an event, people have this common misconception that we're just trolling around and, and every fish we see, we catch. And it's just super easy, but that's just not the case. I, I would say my percentage now is somewhere in that 5 to 15%. Wow. If I see a fish that it actually bites. Wow. That's huge. And that's what I, you know, I, I was watching that. Like even I bring up Cody Huff again because he was – he identified the fish and he was cycling through a, di- a variety of techniques and could not get them to go. And um, that it's still, 
you know, even with this technology, like you, you make a great point, the fish adjust and, um, you know, there, you've, you've still got to be an angler. You've still got to think about different types of strategies to trigger those strikes. And it's not that easy. It, it's, uh, it's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard to do. I want to, I want to bring this up and I want to hear your thoughts on this. One of the, you are what I would consider the young in under in one of the younger generation in the top level right now. Uh, I know there's guys in their twenties um, that are really ripping it up, but man, it's going to be hard. If, if this decision is made, a lot of the guys that made it to the elites that qualified to get into, the, they did it exclusively using forward-facing sonar it's um you're going to take their weapon their number one weapon away from them uh man that that is a tremendous that's going to be tremendously unfair to a big population of the elite tournament trail yeah that is uh one way to look at it um as well you know you take a guy like Vegeta, um that's his game you know he he runs mm -hmm. however many he runs i don't know i think it might be five you know and, you know, I, I don't think that my brain has the capacity to take all that information and put it to use. Uh, but that's his game and more power to him as his sight fishing is my game. And as a competitor, I don't think it's doing these guys any justice that it's, if it's their number one bullet to take it away from them. And even if you look at myself, you know, I, I'm a shallow water guy, right? And, uh, but when we started going up north, you know, I had to learn. And you're talking about a 12-year career. So the better part of my career, this technology has been available. So a guy like me has developed a system around smallmouth fishing and going up north. And, you know, if that was taken away, I'm going to have to take a step back and kind of relearn the way that I approach things. So into, you know, kind of put it in perspective, I, I explained it like this the other day. Say you're a roofing contractor. And when you started roofing, you roofed with hammer and nails, just like, you know, they did in the old days, old school. And, you know, as your career went on, uh, technology advanced, you got nail guns, air compressors, power tools that you can use, and you became more efficient, your roofing you know, twice as many houses, made more money. And all of a sudden, all the people in the neighborhood said, hey, we're tired of hearing this, these air compressors and these power tools running when you're doing these jobs. And they complain enough to the state. The state comes in and says, hey, guys, enough of that. You've got to go back to your, your hammers and nails. And we don't care if it's going to make you, you know, half as productive and you're not going to make what you were making when you, you know, were utilizing what was available. And, uh, you know, just it's going to be, a tough go and uh you, you, is that right is somebody going to come in and pay those those roofers what they would be making if they could use all the tools that were available to them i highly doubt it are we going to get paid more i guarantee you we're not going to get paid more so um you, you i've heard money thrown around a lot and to me it's not a money deal it's it's something that has been an argument in fishing ever since the spinnerbait came out and you know stuff's gonna advance and stuff's gonna come along that's gonna trick them a little bit better for a little while and then then it's going to uh to kind of fade away and uh 
things are going to kind of balance out and you just got to kind of keep, you know, staying ahead of the curve and uh, taking advantage of everything you can. Yeah. Well said. And, and I, guys, uh, Wolverine, um, you know, and Paulie B, you know, discussing this, it's, it's a hot button item. Uh, but I like Paulie's comment. Like, would you take the flipping stick away from Danny Brower? Would that be fair? Um, you know, that's, uh, that, that, that's a, that's a fun and inflammatory point, but we take away forward facing sonar Fujita and a lot of guys are going to be like, they're going to be sucking wind and have to retool their entire game. And, and like I said before, a lot of the guys that have qualified for the elites have done it this way. So, you know, now you're, you know, you're going to be putting guys in a weird spot. They go, they want the best competitors out there. And these guys, that's the only way they know how to do it, you know? So, man, to take that away, that's going to be a toughie. Um, and I'll be, and I'll me, be honest with you, you know, whenever I go up there, uh, like for instance, at St. Clair, it's not my favorite thing to do. I mean, obviously I'd rather be up shallow throwing a buzz bait or, uh, you know, throwing a frog in grass or flipping or, or whatever the case may be. But it's, you know, on the Bassmaster Elite Series, on the uh, Bass Pro Tour, we are trying to set ourselves up to see the best well-rounded anglers across the whole United States. So we can't just all fish in the south. We can't just all fish up north. We kind of got to do it all. And in order to do that, I've got to do what I've got to do to make myself successful. And this is the best way I know how to do it. And, you know, whether or not it's fun to watch, whether or not, you know, you agree with it, it's just so, something we all have to do as professional fishermen. And, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you, uh, halfway through practice each day, I'm sitting here ready to go in because, to me, it's not what I want to do, but I have to do it. Right. Well, it's it's interesting uh, question here, and um, I'm – um reading it from my IM board uh well it it talks about covid people picking up fish and, and with all the new technology do you think it's deterring people from picking up the sport of fishing uh with forward facing technology i i think it probably is encouraging people more than deterring them what do you think yeah i think it does because it's not people think of it as too much of i'm going out there looking for a fish i'm gonna throw that fish i'm gonna catch that fish but it not only does that as much as it helps me understand the situation helps me understand if the fish are biting if the fish are up on bait if they're on the bottom it it's about understanding the situation more so than actually targeting a fish and catching it for me 90 percent of the time i might go buy a brush pile throw my bait through it and see a fish follow it out and not bite and hey i know in the back of my mind there's a fish in that brush pile it might not have been in that fish's feeding window they might not be biting right now i can come back and catch that one later or you know if i'm not seeing any activity i might need to just change areas of the lake and it's going to put you on a faster track to being successful which, I mean, that's the reason why everyone gets into fishing. They want to catch fish. They want to be successful. And as long as it's not negatively impacting the resource, I don't see why, you know, helping people catch fish and, and be a little bit more efficient is a bad thing at all. I think I think it, help, it definitely has encouraged people, with the exception of the price point. 
right? That's the big, uh, that's the big stumbling point. But uh, taking that away, uh, if you have forward-facing center, we're seeing crappie anglers get involved with crappie fishing at a rate that we've not seen in forever because it's made it more fun. It's made it, uh, you know, more dynamic and easier for them to find the fish. Uh, so it's um, that that's my perspective on it. But to your point, uh, and I agree, it, it's we always would be, um, man, these fish show up in May. Where in the heck do they come from? And then when May's over, where, where do they where do they go? Like we've learned, like, all right, to go to the ledges on the Tennessee River. But a lot of bodies of water, we didn't really have a clue. Like, like you guys were just at Champlain. And, um, and I hated fishing um, up there on uh, the Inland Sea because it was 150 feet deep. And you would find a great school of fish on isolated habitat. And then Derby Day, they'd be gone. And you couldn't, you had no clue as to what they were doing. Well, you, you guys at this tournament, man, we know what they do now, don't we? Well, like, and two, I'll give you another example. You know, Luke Palmer's win at uh, Santee Cooper, you know, he was throwing at cypress trees. The fish were obviously spawning, you know, on those trees. And I'm not arguing that Ford Face and Sonar didn't play a role in that win for him. But what it allowed him to do is understand kind of what was going on and that multiple fish were spawning on those trees. And when he would catch one, say he caught the male, he could see that the female moved up, you know, kind of on that tree or on the other side of the tree. So he, he understood the dynamic of what was going on. But at the end of the day, he's still flipping cypress trees. So yeah. it's, it's almost like, yeah, it's there and it makes you more efficient. But sometimes it's not as, you know, shoot them in a barrel as much as people think as, as far as, you know, the ease of how it helps you catch them. Yes, I, I well, of course, and I agree. And I've learned I've learned so much about the way they move. And I still haven't uh, figured out on the Delaware River where these fish disappear. But I'm I, I got to figure that out because they're that's going to help me. Let me tackle this because this is a big this is a big negative. Right. And you got to deal with this because this is this is your gig. Um, and Swindle did the and Randy and I talked just talked about this. Swindle did the um, the poll as Randy has done, um, do you like watching tournaments that are dominated with forward-facing sonar? And uh, the overwhelming result was 70, no, 75% no, 25% yes. That's just my interpretation, guys. That's not actual. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on that matter? It seems like the people watching this at home would rather see you guys flipping cypress trees. Yeah, I think your your casual viewer, um, 100% is spot on with that. Uh, you know that uh, they're just, they really probably don't understand what we're doing, but your, your avid angler, your guy that's really, you know, that probably already has forward-facing sonar, that's wanting to, you know, to kind of learn and maybe pick up some nuggets that, you know, some of these guys, these elite, you know, guys with this technology are implementing, they want to see it. And I just think we need to get more creative on our finished production product. Um, you know, whether that be put our screen up there that we're looking at, um, us as anglers have got to be 
and this is a hard thing, you know, we're out there competing. We got to kind of be, you know, a little bit of a teacher at some point and kind of explain mm-hmm. what we're doing more and talk about talk about it more. And I'm, you know, the world's worst about it when I'm out there competing and I'm, you know, in contention. Yeah. You're that's focused. The, the further, yeah, that's the furthest from you know, what I'm wanting to do. So um, I think we got to do a better job of that. And like I said, we just got to make it more interesting to watch. I'll be the first to tell you, though, uh, a smallmouth derby, whether forward facing sonar is there or not, you're still going to be staring at some guy's back, looking down at his electronics, whether it's 2D or whatever. And he's going to have a spinning rod in his hand. And he's going to be pitching around the boat. I mean, that's the nature mm-hmm. of smallmouth fishing and and a guy from the south that grew up down here uh down here fishing i'm not gonna watch smallmouth tournaments for that reason um just because it doesn't appeal to me and it you know i would rather see a, a five pounder blow up on a buzz bait or a frog or you know whatever that's kind of you know my route so it's it's gonna be you know a give and take there we just got to figure out a way that we can present it better and uh and make it more appealing to the the casual viewer and be more informative and kind of give everybody a feel for what's going on that's the reason why people watch they want to feel like they're in the boat with you and experiencing mm-hmm. what you're experiencing and we got to do a better job of uh of conveying that i i think they did a great job uh when gussie won the classic uh when they had the hummingbird screen on screen where we could see uh what he was looking at and and how he was catching them that helped that helped a lot and um and i I, what you're talking about is man that's a great point because you got to add to the production it's got to be in studio too you know whether it's bringing up mapping or aerials and they're doing they're doing a good job to try to i think we uh got pete taking a phone call right there but uh (laughs) Yeah, we'll uh we'll get, we'll get him right back on here and um yeah, it's uh I know he was coming coming live from uh from his phone so I'll take over for a minute for Pete. Uh Justin, did we have any IM questions we want to throw at Drew right now while uh, while we got a second? Yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot going on here. Um let's see. We'll go to So a lot of people for example, Duke asks, like, what is more boring than throwing a Sanko in shallow water? And they somehow make uh, production of that technique entertaining. There's got to be a way to figure it out with forward-facing sonar events, too, whether they're looking at a 2D screen or watching, like, a bait fall down. Pretty much going right off of what Pete said with uh, having – you know, an HDMI cable attached to your forward-facing sonar. Is that something that you would like to see, Drew, or you're okay with? Oh, absolutely. I, I actually, you know, I run Lawrence. Um, their actor target is, is really great. And I, uh, I actually spent the time and, and, and linked it linked up to it my, up back, to my graph. back graph. So my marshal could see it. If I happen to have a camera in, in my boat, they could, you know, watch it. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, I realize that it is, you know, tough to watch some guy just trolling around looking, you know, all day. And I will say my marshals, they would slide over to my seat 
you know, when I'd get there on the bow and they would watch and I, you could hear them get excited when one would follow it down. They'd be like, Ooh, you know, or I see them. I see them. I see your bait going down to them. You're right in there. So I think if, if other viewers got to see that as well, they would kind of get a feel for what, you know, we're doing. And it would, it would definitely change the way people perceived it. And, and it would also allow them to see how many fish we actually see and don't catch, you know, exactly. it, would, it would show the whole picture, um, in a, in a more positive way. Yeah. Got anything else, Justin, as far as, uh, I am board goes, Josh, maybe you saw something too. We're working on getting Pete back yeah. in here. He, uh, I don't know if Pete, you should be able to hear us here, but your, your laptop still has an echo and we need you to come back in on the phone and he doesn't have audio on the phone. So uh, this is uh, getting getting interesting. Pete, are you with us? There he is. I am back. <laughs> where did where did we leave off? What, what was it, what were we talking about? Oh well, we were we were talking about viewership. I had the same problem that most of our guests have, where you get a phone call and it kicks you off your feet. <laughs> so uh, you know that's that that was my my little bit of an issue. But we were. Uh, yeah, we were we were going into the the viewership, or we were finishing up on the the viewership side of things, and things we could do to to improve that experience. And uh, you know, I think it's great that I, it has the tournament organizations talked to you about that, Drew. Have you have they sat down and said, "Hey guys, we're staring at your back. You're staring at a screen. We need you to sing and dance a little bit more for us." Well, you know, every event or I would say every season we start off the season and, and uh, you know, we have a meeting about that. You know, we we're trying to get as many people involved in the sport as possible and be informative and, and all that. But I think as the season goes on and you kind of get in your groove, you kind of forget about that, you know, somewhat. Um, and that was a conversation that, you know, I think somebody from Bass has called everybody, every angler, and we've had a discussion about this forward facing sonar deal and uh that was one of the things that i echoed to them and they agreed with was you know we just got to kind of get a little bit more creative think outside the box on how we you know uh produce and and, and show these these events that are dominated by forward facing sonar and, and just try to make it you know just more appealing and more fun to watch i think you know i i get it because i'm i'm not an avid or uh you know, a casual angler, right? I'm, I'm passionately involved in watching this go down. So I'm, I, I enjoy watching them. Um, I would like to see the screen. That that's my big deal. Is I, I want to see the screen. I want to see the baits. Uh, I want to see that kind of stuff. Um, but we talked about, uh, and I'm glad. I, I want to hopefully, as if they keep forward facing sonar, uh, hopefully they will continue to advance it. And uh, as far as video production, we talked about the conservation part of this thing as a negative. And I, I'm, you know, I want to, you know, we talked with Randy, right? He talked uh, on the, uh, you know, he's against it side of things. So I want to address all those big points. And we've done two of them now. But one of the other big points, and this is a, this is a big one, is it's financially limiting um, the, the younger angler, the beginning angler. Um, a lot of anglers. I mean, you're talking about mega, you know, amounts of money being spent on this type of technology. Is um, 
is that making the sport untouchable to to a lot of people? What do you, what do you think about the the finances involved here? Well, the way I feel about it, um, I'm kind of a grassroots guy, so I came up, you know, through club level, you know, fishing Tuesday nighters, um, you know, regional events and things like that. And you're talking uh, to a guy that fished out of a bass tracker, you know, a little aluminum boat that didn't have any of this technology that the elites had when I was watching them on TV. It didn't change the way that I attacked uh, what I was doing and and it didn't deter me any. So I, to me, that's kind of a, a null argument is, is saying that it's deterring people. Um, you can, you can get out there and bank fish with one rod and reel. I mean, there's different levels that you can get into fishing and it's just all about what you can afford and what you can do at that time and what makes you happy. Um, and, uh, people think that, you know, yeah, we're the elite series and what we do affects them. Well, that's not necessarily a fair argument either, because look at NASCAR and look at, you know, your weekend, you know, dirt track race car driver. Those guys in NASCAR have, you know, endless budgets. They have thousand horsepower, you know, engines or whatever. and they have regulations for these these weekend guys to make them where they can compete. And when you're comparing what we do on the Elite Series or the Bass Pro Tour or whatever the top level may be to that and saying that we're affecting them in a negative way is kind of a hard argument for me because, you know, we're at different levels. And I think that if I was to fish like – Back to fishing, you know, on the weekends or Tuesday nighters or whatever, I'd probably have a, a lot lesser equipment because I wouldn't have the backing that I have now. And I wouldn't necessarily need all this technology. I'd be fishing shallow. I'd be fishing around the house. I'd be doing kind of what I grew up doing where that's not as much of a player. The reason why I have it now and the reason why I use it now is because I have to when we go up north and go to these places where it's so dominant. So I don't think it's it's necessarily affecting you know, newcomers or the the levels that are below us, you know, uh, aspiring to get to where we are. I don't think it's negatively affecting them at all. Well, it's uh, interesting. Some interesting points. Chris uh, says there's 500 teams in Texas at regular season high school events, uh, all using, um, you know, advanced sonar technology. Uh, Lance says smartphones cost more than a forward facing sonar unit. That's funny. It's almost. Um, Alan, of course, is a forward-facing sonar. No skill needed. See the fish, catch it, ban it from tournaments. Allow allow it for practice. That's the second time I've heard that opinion, uh, Alan. And and I disagree with you that it takes no skill. It takes a tremendous amount of skill to catch them on forward-facing sonar. But uh, using it at practice only. Uh, I, I've heard that now a couple times. My friend John McGraw was just commenting that to me. Uh, what do you think about that? Like, okay, guys, you want to use this at practice? Fine. We'll, we'll let you scout with it. Uh, but when the competitions start, um, no deal. What do you think? Well, it, it kind of takes me back to an interesting conversation I had with Larry Nixon, the general. You know, uh, we were at St. Clair 
and we were kind of fishing around in the same area at St. Clair and Anchor Bay. And obviously, if you were in Anchor Bay, you were around a ton of fish. There was just fish swimming everywhere, and you could see them on forward-facing sonar. And what's crazy is, and I don't know if I attribute this to more boats on the water. I don't know if I attribute this to forward-facing sonar and the fish adapting or whatever the case is. But he brought up the point, you can't, because I think it was on day three, it was kind of rough and it was cloudy. And as you know, when you get those conditions, those smallmouth hug the bottom. And when they get tight to the bottom, it's hard to see them on forward-facing sonar. And Larry, you know, we were talking, he's like, man, you just can't catch them dragging around out here. You can't, you can't get in an area that you know that has fish and just aimlessly drag around and catch them like I used to. And, you know, I got to thinking about that. And if forward-facing sonar was taken away or if we could just use it in practice, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go in that area and just blind fish around and catch them anymore. Um, and I don't know if that is, like I said, I don't know if that's because of, you know, just the increased pressure. They feel the boat pressure. They, they know that you're, you know, close just by feeling your 2D sonar it makes them harder to catch. So I don't know what the case is there, but I definitely know the species as a whole has adapted to everything that we've thrown at them. And um, it, they're definitely harder to catch now than, than they ever been. That's interesting. I, I One of uh, one of the things that I've used, uh, I use an aqua view. And when those fish get tight to the bottom, they get really tough to see on any sonar and it's funny the aqua view camera will pull them out and uh and show them to they'll you come up yeah they'll come up they're curious it pulls them out from the habitat i wanted to get into this with randy but we ran out of time but the uh he's been in you know he wants to fire the aqua view uh as a, as a tool <laughs> as well but i love it for species identification and uh i think it's a that tool is a tremendous asset um I know a lot of guys on the elites are really starting to use it a lot more. It used to be a quiet thing, you know, everybody did it on the side, but I see uh, and I'm hearing a lot more about guys using it now. And here's the touch on that, the whole band in mindset, you know, uh, I was the guy who had an aluminum tunnel hole, you know, that yeah. uh, I took it, took it to an open one time, finished in the top 10 at Douglas. And, um, you know, I grew up fishing shallow rivers around here and I love the ability to do that. And I was against banning that just like Randy was. And to me, it's kind of hypocritical to be against banning one thing that makes you, uh, you know, a more efficient, better angler and kind of puts you in position to be successful and then want to ban something that you don't agree with. And I think that that's kind of something that uh, I saw a post about the other day. I think we as fishermen, will support any rule that fits our own agenda. Um, I, I read that somewhere, and I think that is is more so what's going on with this forward-facing sonar thing. You got your guys that are successful with it or your guys that, you know, make it work um, to, to the best of their ability, and we could go either way on it. Um, and then you got your guys that are either locked in with one specific brand of electronics that, you know, doesn't produce the best and they're completely against it. Or you got the guys that just are not on board with it. And 
I think the guys that are not on board with it and haven't seen it in in person and really used it and really invested the time in it, they're the ones that are pushing, you know, all this negativity and and uh, you know pushing for the ban. It's like you're you're calling sour grapes, guys. You you haven't figured out how to use it yet, and you're getting beat with it. It's crap that you guys are calling to, you know, to get rid of it. Well, not necessarily that. It's just, you know, you might, everybody has their own reasons. You know, it might be that they're a shallow water guy and they're so locked into what they want to do that they okay. you know, yeah. don't want to give it a chance, you know, and that's fine. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. But for me, I got to look at, you know, what's going to make me successful and you know i've got to learn it and that's the way i would approach any new technology that comes into the sport and uh i think that's the way we all have to approach it we can't just you know just view it negatively because uh because we don't agree with it and i'll i'll go on a you know a, a little bit further to say the guys that are not successful with it they they view it that way because they just haven't had the chance to put in the time and see what it's capable of and see that, you know, these guys that say you catch them all that you see, that tells me right there that they don't know much about forward facing sonar, you know, um, because if they did, they would know the truth. And I know the truth. I know that the, the ratio <laughs> from C to catch is about five to 15% now. So um, it's just completely false to say uh, it, it's, it's such a bad, evil thing. That's what I'm getting at. Oh, I think we got a frozen Pete again. <laughs> not sure. Uh, not sure what happened that time. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, Drew, you've made some amazing points on uh, on on this topic, and um, I, I love the analogy that you made about uh about the roofers and the 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 efficiency factor and if you were to take that away you're just gonna you're gonna handcuff these guys and uh you know it's um it's the same for you guys out there on the elite you're trying to make a make a make a living by fishing and uh i don't want to you know be too biased towards the the stance that i am on but these are those are very valid points uh i guess you got another call pete or you were frozen or what what did we have going on this time Are you back, Pete? Can you hear us? <laughs> we are we are currently uh, currently live. He's, he's there. <laughs> hey, Pete, can you hear us? Hey, man, can you hear us? <laughs> well, while we're waiting on him, you know the the other thing too is, like you said, we're all just out here trying to make a living, right? And and instead of you know arguing about this, I think we need to talk more about you know how to improve the sport as far as payouts and things like that, that's stuff that's really important to the longevity of our careers more so than, than worrying about a piece of technology. And right. that, that was brought up or, you know, I, I try to do a lot of my research and, and kind of get a feel or a gauge for all the guys. And um, that was brought up, you know, we're still fishing for the same amount of money we fished in the early nineties and, and two thousands. And we, we uh we're just kind of stuck there and you know when i caught the tail end of of randy's thing about money and this is all money driven well the anglers aren't seeing the money i can promise you that we haven't seen the money 
since the split in 2018. You know, we fished for a couple of years and everybody made some decent money, but ever since then we've gone downhill and that's the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like us as anglers need to get on the same page and, and really start talking about stuff that matters. Uh, so, so you bring up a really interesting point there and, you know, it, 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 a thought just popped into my head of, is there an opportunity? So like the forward facing sonar companies, say Lawrence, Garmin, Hummingbird, they're going to want to keep it around, right? Because what you guys are doing is you're, 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 you're catching huge fish. You're catching a lot of big fish. And a lot of it is happening because of their forward facing sonar technology. So how much value does that carry to a electronics company? Can the electronics companies have enough impact to actually help you guys with your payouts? Do you think that it, it, it could ever get to a point where if Bass or MLF or whoever said, guys, we're going to ban forward facing sonar, would any of these companies come forward with enough money to make not only Bass keep the product, but also help you guys out as anglers and put some more money out there on the table for you guys to win? I think that's absolutely a possibility. You know, uh, and now Drew got a phone call. <laughs> uh, did I lose you He's for back. a second? Yeah, I had, a, I had a phone call coming in too. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, You're uh, like, like. <laughs> It's getting getting we're getting choppy here, Pete. We're getting choppy. I, I posed a question to him, Pete. I don't know if you heard the question I was putting I, yeah, out. There. I, I, I heard you, and uh, it's interesting concept. And you know, it's hard to say, you know, because the companies that are, are building this gear, you know, are they in the profit zone? Um, you know, there's a lot of money that's been invested in RD. Uh, there's a lot going on there, uh, from, from that perspective. So are are they are they realizing real profits you know that um you know and you know what what obligation do they have to the to the tournament trail i'm, I'm not sure but i i know uh in order to develop that product bring it to market i imagine these companies are probably uh possibly still behind the eight ball and waiting to turn the corner on being able to see real profits i don't know you know, but it, it costs a lot to bring that technology to market, I, you know, just I, just to speculate, you know, but the point goes back to you, Drew. I mean, you were talking about an interesting product is, you know, is the payouts to the anglers and uh, and, you know, keeping keeping the tournament trail alive. It's it's it, it, that's a whole nother conversation. And we'll, I'd love to get into that a little bit deep, more deeply, but um, it's a it's a lot of work. And it's uh, it's a surprising. Uh, I think people would be surprised on what it takes to make a living as a professional angler. Oh yeah, it has a, a ton of moving parts. And at the end of the day, um, all we can do as anglers is show up and fish with the tools that we're, you know, uh, are available to us, and and do the best of the job to the best of our abilities, and, and put them in the boat to the best we can to provide for our family. Um, but you know, there are opportunities for for us to, you know, maybe think outside the box and do some more productive stuff and 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 show uh, this forward facing sonar stuff in a little bit better light and um, maybe get some more companies involved. I know that, you know, you touched on, you know, Hummingbird, 
being visible on the screen when Gussie had his win at the Classic, and, you know, that was really cool to watch. And I think that, uh, you know, as an organization, I don't know how that, you know, comes about or, or works on Bass's end. I don't know, you know, that's an exclusive deal with one electronics company or if, uh, you know, that maybe the door can be opened to different, you know, brands. But, uh, you know, being that we run – three different brands out there, uh, it, you're really kind of handcuffing yourself by locking yourself into one. And, um, you know, that, like I said, that's, uh, that's kind of in their court. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's not, that's not my expertise at all, but, uh, I definitely think it's a possibility for, for those companies to kind of interject and say, Hey, you know, we want to sponsor, uh, you know, a quarter of the show and, and have, you know, our units displayed on the screen or whatever the case may be. I think it would be a, a cool move. Well, it's, it'll be interesting to see. Um, we've had a few technical difficulties. Sorry about that, Drew. The, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're remote today uh, because of the holidays, and we're, uh, we appreciate you putting up with it. Appreciate you taking some time and, uh, you know, talking about the, the flip side. I mean, we had two great guests, too, with really great uh, – assessments of uh, of both sides of this issue i think it's coming to a head i think maybe uh tournament organizations are looking at it really hard now in the off season and we're going to see if there's any rules or restrictions or changes may not be uh there may be some let's uh let's see how it goes but uh but in the meantime we appreciate you and what you do for bass university uh you're a great instructor i appreciate you coming on the show today and uh, what are you getting in the deer stand? Or are you going to the football games? What are you doing in the off season? <laughs> well, I've just really been trying to get caught up. I uh, I got about half of my food plots planted the last couple of days with this rain that we got off that hurricane, and uh, you know our season opener for South Georgia is this Saturday. So I'm still a little bit behind, but I'm excited to get in the tree. You know, we we as fishermen, a lot of us do a lot of our you know recharging of the batteries, if you will, or you know, kind of thinking, uh, slow down and thinking in that tree stand. And it, it's re- very vital for me to uh, to get in the woods and spend some time and and uh, kind of find a good base to uh, to get the next season started. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. I like that. Time to think. I love. I think that's uh, – people don't spend enough time doing that. I guess the, the, the deer stand provides you a lot of that. That's awesome. Well, I oh, hope yeah. I hope you recharge your batteries and get your personal best this fall. And uh, we look forward to seeing you somewhere on Bash University real soon. Sounds good. Appreciate you guys for having me. All right. Thanks so much, Drew Benton, everybody. Um, what an interesting uh, what an interesting show. Um, so many, you know, passions are, you know, flying around. We could see it on the IM boards, guys getting frustrated. Um you know, really wanting to debate each other. I know uh, you couldn't help it, you know, when you make strong points like Randy Blaukett makes, you know, it, it forces you, you know, to, to, you know, have an opinion. It forces you to make a decision on where you think you are. And we can see it, you know, with all of our guys on the board, myself included, you know, I, and, and, and I talked to you guys about this before the call, my stance on it is and has been, this is a tool that helps anglers understand fishing movements and behaviors better, and it helps them catch fish better. Uh, as an educator, 
I feel responsible to, to teach it and yeah. to le learn about it and show it and, um, you know, expose an angler to it and let the angler decide whether he wants to, you know, involve himself in it or not. That's, that's his call. But my, my call has been, uh, this is a tool that, like I said before, it's, it's taught me where the fish go. It's taught me fish movements that I was always postulating about. Now I understand a lot better. And, uh, you know, for, so from that perspective, uh, we're going to keep teaching it at Bass University as part of our seminars. We're certainly not going to shy away from it. And, um, and that's where we are with forward facing sonar right now. But, uh, but I do appreciate, uh, Randy's conservation. Believe me, I am. And everybody here is, uh, is most interested in the conservation of our natural resource, our bass, our lakes, our water quality. And if at any time we feel that that is threatened, I, I promise you that's, uh, that's going to be something that I'm going to be very, very passionate about defending. And, um, and right now that, you know, I, I feel like we're in, you know, all of our uh, resources are in pretty good shape and we're breaking records. Uh, if we start to see any deterioration, man, I'm telling you, I'm going to be the first in line and say, Hey, uh, we need to take some action. Here. So, uh, but right now, uh, it's a great show. I know we're going to be giving away some prizes. We've got a like and share contest going on for some water wood crankbaits. You're going to want to get those like and share the social feed if you haven't done it yet. And we also have some other things to give away. Uh, I hope you guys have been writing down some questions because with all my uh, technical difficulties, I haven't been able to get any questions formulated. So um, <laughs> I'm leaving that up to you and Justin, Rich. What do you yeah. We what got do guys, what do we want to what do we want to give away first, Joss? We got. I know we got a. We got a few things. Let's do some Aquaview hats. We have three of them, so let's do that first, and then we'll okay. go into trivia, grand prize, and then we'll do the like a turn. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right, guys. So here it is. All right. This is going to be for for. It's three Aquaview hats, Joss. Is that is that where we're going? Three Aquaview hats, and these are these are really nice hats. They're new. The, the new they're, one. They're new. They're, they're comfortable. They look good. So you want to win this one. All right. So here we go. Um, recently, I was on Lake Champlain. And this is, you, you, we're going to have to be creative, but I'm going to give you guys some really good context clues uh, on, on this. Recently, uh, I was on Lake Champlain. Okay. And um, I was, I was working with my forward facing sonar. I was, I was out, uh, I was out relatively deep. I was in uh, 20 to 22 feet of water and I was fishing around sparse grass. Okay. There was a lot of fish in my area that, uh, that I was seeing on the forward facing sonar. They were, they looked very similar to smallmouth. They were set up very similar to smallmouth as far as how fish align themselves in position when they're in schools. But I could not get a bite. I couldn't get a bite on a drop shot. I couldn't get a bite on a Ned rig. I couldn't get a bite on a swim bait. Could not fire these fish up. All right. So I pulled out my Aquaview, my my Aquaview uh, five inch underwater camera, which I love because it's so easy to use. It's convenient. And I dropped that Aquaview camera down there to see what I was actually looking at. The question is, you have to identify and guess the correct species of fish that were down there on the bottom. They would not bite my lure. They would not bite my lure, but they looked like smallmouth. They positioned themselves like smallmouth, and they're also a game fish, okay? Rich, you didn't even have to ask the question, and they already answered it. 
Are you serious? I'm dead serious. We're gonna have to be quicker with the with the questions. I think I don't know. These guys just started randomly guessing species just, and hope that they get it right. Oh, you know? All right. So who won? <laughs> Jake won. Jake, I believe, right? Because it was yeah. a walleye. No, it was a walleye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, they were walleyes, guys. So here, you know, here's the Bash University learning moment from that. Um, if if I was staying at Champlain for another day and I had a deep fryer and I had breadcrumbs and everything, I would have figured out a way to make those walleye bite. But I was leaving that day, so we didn't have to worry about catching them. But the teaching moment is that with that Aquaview camera, I was able to drop down and identify that, okay, I learned something. These walleye and these smallmouth, they are in the same areas. They look the same on the forward facing. They move the same. And the return you get on your sonar is very similar as well. But that Aquaview camera was able to, you know, help me identify and, and correctly, you know, know what fish they were actually on the bottom of that day. So congratulations, Jake. Uh, yes, Jake. Well, Jake, uh, his first guess was pike, then then walleye, then drum. I think he might have had other species guesses. He was just, he, was, he knew where you were going. And he was like, I'm in. I'm going to get this yeah. one. And he, but uh, he was in. <laughs> walleye, did, did, how did they respond to the camera, Rich? Like, were they curious? Like, smallmouth? Um, they, they, they weren't curious like a smallmouth. They were more so just undisturbed, okay. unbothered by it. You know what I mean? They, you, you, they, they wouldn't come up and look at it. But when I would twist it around, I could see and identify i was like oh they are definitely walleye and uh yeah it was interesting all right, all right. That, uh, that went that purse jake wins what a a uh, aquaview hat, aquaview hat. Mm -hmm. all right yeah then no surprise we got to get this question out quick guys there are guys yeah. <laughs> uh, all right next next question this is going to be what's that another aquaview hat jocelyn yes Oh, we're giving away three. We have three questions for three yeah. hats. Yeah, I got one, Riz. If, if Justin, Justin, I got. Go ahead, Justin. You roll All this right. one out. All right, Riz mentioned early in the show, so you would have had to tune in real early for this one. How many times of year does Riz clean his boat? <laughs> Whips out the power washer and the Barbasol. He mentioned Barbasol. How many times? So, so we'll see if you tuned in early. All right, Dan oh, Allen. He was. <laughs> Dan Allen. All right, right Dan. Out of the, that's 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 awesome. Secret uh, <laughs> Crest says none. I think that might be <laughs> none. Be an answer too. Uh oh, a lot of guys. It was got just that. once a year this year. <laughs> yeah. Great Crest and Justin, I like that question. So um, we got to we got to roll out. We got to roll out one more. Too. One right. more. Mm -hmm. okay. Let's go. One more. All right. Um, and then we have a grand prize as well, yeah. too. All right. Um, here we go. Which uh, which electronics company was the first to put out a version of forward-facing sonar? Ooh, I don't know that answer. You got to check. <laughs> Justin does, I'm sure. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Um, nobody's responded to that yet. Yeah, the, no uh, oh, oh, well, oh, here, oh. 
I'm not sure I know the answer. I think I know the answer. I think I know the answer too. So Riz, say what the answer is. They all every you know, there's a bunch of comments. Garmin. Garmin? Yeah, okay. That's what I was gonna say. Just wanted to make sure. So Garmin, Paulie B guessed Garmin. Okay. Paulie Batter. What's up, Paulie? Yep. Okay. One yep. of our hometown guys. And then we need one more for the uh, grand prize, right? Mm-hmm. Grand prize trivia. All right. Okay. Um, now, pay attention. I, we, we're going to need all three answers. We're going to need all three components of this answer in the same text. We're not going to do combining and super gluing and all that stuff. We'll leave that for, for other things. What year, location, and angler was the first to win a major event on forward-facing sonar? What year, angler, and location was the first major event won on forward-facing sonar? Wow. Are you talking about, does that include the the second tiers, the Toyotas and the Opens? You're talking about elites or fast? Putting the answer in our in our chat, guys. Blue. Okay. Good answer. Right? <laughs> Me neither, Jake. <laughs> I think nope. we. Uh, Man, this we, is a good one, Riz. I think I may have mentioned him on the show. You did. Yep. You did. Hundred percent did. Oof. Dan Allen's out. <laughs> <laughs> Dethroned. <laughs> yep. Dethroned. I'm fascinated. I'm watching the IM board. I don't usually get to do it. Somebody Jason? said Rick Clung, Lake Mead, 1975. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> he used a different kind. At that time, yeah. he was like Aquaman. You know, he, he did it. He did it like he, mental telepathy. He was actually in yeah. the water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, while they're doing that, our like and share winner that won Waterwood Bait is Aaron Hoshdeletter. <laughs> Aaron, thank you for liking and sharing the feed. Thanks, everybody, for watching. While we're waiting for one of our subscribers to get this question yep. in correctly, I want to, you know, I want to uh, welcome you guys to get over and get subscribed to Bash University TV, just like Drew said. He's going to spend his uh, fall in the deer stand thinking and great time to be studying. And the yeah. content we have released available at Bashu TV right now is uh, is there 24-7. And we have some terrific new content that's coming out throughout the fall season. You guys are going to want to definitely check that out. So when you put your, uh, when you put your shotguns down, you get out of the deer stand, um, you're going to be ready to go come springtime. The off season is key. And no matter, did we get an a correct answer yet? I don't see it. Nope. Nope. I am shocked by this. While we're, while we're talking about it, I know this was a big topic of our live show today, but the aqua view and, and people's beliefs on that. Um, if you are for a pro for aqua view right now, our partners over at tackle direct and aqua view have the one aqua review discounted for $200 off. So if you are interested in testing out an aqua view, that's probably the yeah. best way to get it. Yeah, it's a great tool. I mean, honestly, it uh, it's it's invaluable if you're you know just wanting to know if your body of water has fish in it, or whether you're you know working with your sonar and you need to identify what it is that you're looking at. 
Oh, shout out to Hummingbird too, by the way. Sorry, you know, squirrel. Uh, um, Hummingbird, by the way, this trip at after after the elite on Champlain uh, on the day that I took off, I spent a lot of time um, working with my Hummingbird electronics and using the Lake Master, but also graphing for for smallmouth and man that there i mean the 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 side imaging and the 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 2d and the sonar man having all three of those up on the same screen pete you can 100 graph and mark and catch smallmouth from the console and i mean you've done seminars on this on the past and on your your methods to using uh you know your 2d sonar at speeds even marking smallmouth but you know, I was using it to identify clean spots um, on on the bottom where there was, you know, a lot of grass or good amount of grass. And then there would be a clean spot of, of, of like slate rock. And man, that hummingbird showed those smallmouth just dotted up. You could you could clearly see him turn back, come around, put the forward facing on them. And, you know, sure enough, they were they were smallies and you could catch them. And that hummingbird really, really showed it to me. And um just since it's the end of the show and, you know, if we still got people tuning in, I know we're still waiting on an answer. Here's a little Bash U live nugget for you. When you're well, graphing for smallmouth. Let me, let me interrupt you before you give that nugget. Yes. I'm going to give them a clue. Uh, what tournament trail? Let's give them what you're getting one clue. If we don't get an answer uh, in the net off of this clue, we are going to we're not giving away a grand prize. We're going to save it for the <laughs> Yeah. Uh, right. It was on the Elite Series. It was on the Elite Series. All right. Yeah. All right. So what's and, what's the number? All right. So the uh, the Bashu uh, the Bashu Live Nugget uh, for everybody that that hung in and stuck around to the end of the show. Um, here's your nugget, and I I got to give credit to one of our one of our buddies and Bashu instructors, Lee Livesey. When you are graphing and spending time at your console. Working, working around smallmouth waters, keep a drop shot sitting next to you. When you mark fish, if you if you if you mark fish, you're not sure if they're smallmouth, they're drum, they're whatever. Keep that drop shot sitting right next to you in the console, and you see that dots those those dots popping up on your screen. Flip that drop shot over your shoulder, let it get down to the bottom, and those fish a lot of times will identify themselves just because you know smallmouth and a lot of times smallmouth bite when you get when you put it around them. But it's a really sneaky and efficient way of identifying if they're biters, identifying if they have any size to them. You know, uh, the, the whole deal. Keep that drop shot sitting next to you. Mark some fish. Boop, pitch it right over your shoulder. Let it free spool to the bottom. And you it's just maximizing your time. You're really efficient doing that. And just a cool little tip that I picked up on uh, while I was at Champlain and wanted to uh, share it with some of our guys. Great tip. Great little deal. Uh, we have no winner. I'm calling the contest. I want to wow. get. Was it Cody Huff? No. 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 It was Jason. It was Jason Christie, 2017 at Lake St. Clair. Whoa. We yeah. stumped on. Yep. We had Jason, Jason Christie at the 2022 Classic was a guest. Uh, wow. Right, right guy, wrong year, wrong tournament. Yep. Good guest, though. Uh, guys, we are going to move that grand prize over to the next show. Next show is going to be double the prize. So appreciate you guys watching. Uh, thanks so much for all the comments and appreciate it. Appreciate that. 
get over and get subscribed and we'll see you next week. I will be live from uh where am I gonna be? Watts Bar. I'll be at the <laughs> down at Watts Bar. So I uh, look forward to cluing you guys in on what the fall conditions are down there at Watts. And we'll see you next week. Have a great day, everybody. Right.